Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And we have a special guest today. Hey, everyone. Our good friend, Andrew Selinger. Hello. <laughs> and uh, we've known Andrew for, I know it's been over a year because it was before COVID yeah, when we started hanging out. Definitely. It's been like two years, I was going to say a couple years. Two years? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I remember, I, fir- I think I first met you and it was your birthday and it was at Nowhere Bar. Oh, had like a little booth. And I'm gonna I was like, apologize now for whatever happened. <laughs> yeah, that was fun though. That was fun. Yeah, that was pro- that was probably two or three years ago. Yeah, you know, good times. Yeah, so been I've friends al- for a while. We I've were always wanted fast to say friends. That. Good times on a radio show. <laughs> so I don't know why. Okay, you check that times. off the bucket list. You did it. Good times. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And Andrew, you're going to have to explain what your job is, because I know you're a consultant, but I can never remember the other parts of it. Well, it's for medical software. It's like Chandler from Friends. Like, I don't remember (laughs) what your job is. No, but literally, that's how everyone explains it. Everyone just calls me Chandler from Friends because no one knows what I do. But even my closest friends are like, what is it again? But no, it's a medical software consultant. And I'll work with the implementation of the software at the hospitals, as well as once the plan and everything has been implemented, as well as the training and training the um, the providers and the nurses on how to use the software for their everyday job. So yeah, stuff like that. It's kind of, again, you all will not remember any of that because somehow it just goes right through one ear and out the other. <laughs> it's a channel. I band. tried really hard that time. I'm yeah, like, I was medical I was, software. I got this. Consultant. There you go. Health. There you go. Hospitals. <laughs> a lot nurses. of travel. I like the travel part. I like that part. Yeah, you've been traveling a lot lately for the job. Yeah, That's and, awesome. And I, at first, I was nervous because of the whole COVID thing, and you know, you're around a lot of people at all times and everything. But everyone wears masks, and now the vaccine. Praise the Lord for the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been a lot better, but I like it. I like it. And where have you been most recently? Well, we, most of the time we've been spending recently has been Washington State, which I like being over in the Washington State. Started in California, Washington, and then Oregon is right now, kind of. But I like the West Coast, but to, to travel there, it takes, like, I'm going to, like, a, almost four different airports And it takes 12 hours, you know, with all those connections and stuff because of where we are on the way up there, Washington. So it's it's interesting, but I mean, I'm getting a lot of miles though, Delta miles. Nice, very nice. (laughs) Plugging Delta there. (laughs) We're sponsored by Delta. (laughs) No, no, we're sponsored by Delta. Yeah, no, I like I like that. It's it's hard to come home every week because it almost takes two days to travel. I'm only home for barely a day. So, man, that's tiring. It can be. It can be, but it helps me stay like on top of my health better when I'm home. As we were talking about earlier, as, as when I'm home, I want to see everyone. I want to have fun. I want to. So sleeping regular hours isn't always as important. You know, I'm just not as taking care of myself as well as I do when I work. So I do yeah. like that part. <laughs> I feel healthier. Nice. Yeah. Well, cool. Emo, you want to do the business real quick? And well, then we I can guess I'll get, get down to business. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we are Two Nuts in a Pod. You're listening to us on 106.5 Forward Radio. You can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org. You can also find us on streaming services, Google Play, CastBox, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcast. And you can also find us on social media platforms. Instagram is Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two. 
because Instagram's all cool and hip. <laughs> and then Facebook is two nuts in a pot with two nuts, or <laughs> two spelled out, T-W-O. <laughs> you can also email us anytime yeah. at two nuts in a podcast at gmail.com, and we will answer 24-7. We'll answer anytime. One of our interns will answer. Yep. One of our many interns. 700 interns. Yeah, keep it down, yeah. guys. Yeah, they're in the building right now, just work there. at their desk. On, <laughs> just so type much. it away at emails. Really yeah. I hear you guys right now. <laughs> and that's the business. Awesome. And seriously, we do love getting emails. So, like, give us questions you have or things you want to see on the show or just tell us how much you like emo and they're how much you hate me. Do, they're never going to do that. They're going to say they like you and not me. They would never do that. <laughs> you both are equally enjoyable. I love you both so much. <laughs> We love you, too. Um, all right. So we're going to start our first segment, which is how are you for real? So this is where we actually want to know, how are you doing? Like, I don't just want a, a quick answer, like, I'm fine or mm -hmm. I'm doing okay. Like, really delve into it. We want to hear what's going on, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. Mm, yeah, we love the ugly. <laughs> the ugly especially makes us feel as depressos. Like when you're <clears throat> when you're bad, it makes us feel very good. Oh yeah, yeah. that's why I, that's we've determined. That's why I love winter is because everyone is so miserable. Yeah, and I love that they're miserable. I love winter and Evens I love when it rains fields. because I feel like the outside matches my inside sometimes, and I don't have to feel bad about it. Oh, that's beautiful and sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautifully yeah. sad, but I'm telling you, when it rains, I don't have to feel bad that I'm not running through a field like a Labrador. Like, all these people are just so happy when the sun comes out. And I'm like, okay, y'all need to settle. Okay, so, I know. that is the thing, though. People are nuts about the sun and summer. Dude, yeah. They yeah. freak out over it. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. When I'm, like, driving around smoking a cigarette, like, that's my outdoor activity. Is <laughs> I'm, like, a 1920s lady, so my husband drives me around. Sometimes I get kind of restless, and I'm like, let's go driving. And that means he just drives me around. I like it. And <laughs> we'll, like drive through the park together and we're just like chain smoking cigarettes and there's these pe like wholesome people running right. and running with their dogs which is just a whole nother level of wholesome that i just can't even stomach <laughs> it's the overachievers of the world or i'm just like hungover smoking a cigarette yeah. just like oh, all of you i hate you I love it so much. I hate everything. <laughs> oh, I love it so much, too. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best. I'm glad we've determined that, that we all hate everything. Yeah. That's oh, really yeah. good. This is great. This is going to be a good show. But yeah, as it warms up, I'm just like, all right, now people are going to be so pumped up to do stuff outside all the time and be active. Oh, my gosh. Those are tank tops. They're literally like Labradors oh. and Golden Retrievers. Like, it, as you yeah. said, Labrador. Like yeah. That's like what everyone is to me right now. Yeah. So. And they're loud. They're so much quieter in the winter because they have to stay inside. And I like yeah, them. and they get that seasonal depression going, shuts uh, them right up. Oh, that's when I come alive. Live in it. It's wonderful. I'm like, oh, you have what I have every day. <laughs> no, no nothing against seasonal depression. No. It's very real. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, it is. So okay. no, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go. First, actually, Lizzie. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm gonna flip it up here. I like this, <laughs> uh, Lizzie. How are you for real? I am happy to report that I'm actually doing a little bit better That's recently. Cool. Um, I had I've had a very long stretch of depression and anxiety, which just sucks because having both of them at the same time is like you feel like crap, but you also like can't relax. 
So like with depression, sometimes you can lean into it and just be like, whatever, I'm tired, I'm just watching TV, like it's fine. But when the anxiety's there too, it just gives this restlessness to that where it's like I'm crawling out of my skin, but I also feel like I can't get off the couch. So I've been dealing with that for probably like eight months now. It's been a while. It's been the longest stretch I've had of it. Um, But I had my first really good day on Friday, actually. I was actually in a good mood and I saw friends and I went out I realize I can't hang as much as I used to, like being 35 now, like I I get hung over for two days. If, if I, oh my God, I feel and you. <laughs> I was just so excited to like feel better that it was like, yay, like more white claws, like, yay, I'm having so much fun. But uh, yeah, so I think I'm starting to feel a little bit better and um, part of it was upping some meds and I think that that helped. And then also just like things starting to go back to normal, like being able to walk into some establishments without a mask on is very freeing and Mm -hmm. just getting a little more interaction with people. We had like a, on Friday, we had like a mini conference at work and I'm such a nerd. I love a conference. (laughs) Love it. I don't care how boring it is. I'm just like, I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) let's talk more about institutional data. Like... (laughs) I I get so excited about it. So just being able to like see a lot of people that day, even though it was virtual, mm-hmm. just being able to like see a lot of people and like, you know, just be in that conference setting where I felt like at work lately, I've been feeling a little like lost where I'm just so isolated in my work, mm-hmm. but like a conference like brings people together. So I think that's part of what made Friday so good is that I had that conference and, um, I had also run out of a prescription a couple days before I had run out of my Ativan and then had a really bad day when I didn't have any Ativan to take. And it was terrible. I was just like crying all day and just questioning everything in my life. It was like, oh, it was just the worst feeling ever. So was happy to get my pills back. Lizzie, for those who don't know, what is Ativan? Uh, it's a benzo. It's kind of like Xanax. Okay. But I'm on a low dose of it, so it's not like I'm popping them like crazy. But it does help. It's helped with the anxiety stretch that I've been in. And the idea is not to be on them really long term. And I'm kind of at the point now where I've been on them for a little while. So pretty soon I'm I'm hoping that I start to feel better and I can like wean off of the that a little bit more and start to just kind of like face my anxiety and like learn to sit with it and I think hopefully my anxiety will lessen as I start to like go back to the office and stuff I'll be going back full-time in August um, and I might have some more responsibilities I'm taking on pretty soon so then I'm that'll put me in front of people more so yeah I think but I'm trying to be at peace with the fact that, like, this drug is helping me right now. Benzos get a bad reputation because they can be really addictive. Right. Um, and so I try to keep that in mind. But it also doesn't help me to have that stigma with it when it's, like, the one pill that's, like, really helping me. 
right now I don't need to sit around feeling bad about the fact that I'm taking it feeling either. bad about getting help with something yeah yeah so I'm trying to just be at peace with it and say this is something that's helping me right now it's not permanent but you know it doesn't help me at all to feel bad about the fact that I'm taking it so yeah. that's kind of where I am right now I liked seeing you on Friday when, yeah, you were in a good mood, and you talk, we talked about it together, because I know the last few months have been kind of difficult, so it's just it was really nice to hear. It was a good day, good. and I'm hoping more to come, because yeah. I, I, that was the first good, good day I remember in a while. I've had some not-so-bad days. It seems like it was maybe once a week or something I would have a not-so-bad day, but it wasn't even a good day. So I just, for me, with my depression and kind of the rapid mood cycling that I have, it's like, I need those good days to keep me going. Yeah. If, if I don't get a good day, you know, really, <clears throat> ideally, I, I hope to have at least a few good days a week to get me through the other stuff. Ideally, I would have more than a few good days a week. And typically in the spring and the and. Well, not the summer. In the spring and in the fall, typically I, I have my most like good mood days because it's just like those middling seasons are really good for my mental health. Mm -hmm. I get depressed in the summer and in the winter. But I'm hoping that this is the sign of an upswing. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Good stuff. So emo, how are you for real? Well, well, well. Uh, <laughs> I would say uh, fairly anxious lately, and um, especially so. My new job, I'm doing a lot of fundraising because uh, I work in development and marketing for a nonprofit here in Louisville, and that can be a little stressful at times. And event planning, so I'm planning. This is, you know, I, I don't think people there know this. <laughs> this is like my first event that I'm planning, like ever. Like I don't even host parties. Like you, you, I mean, how many times have you been over to my house or heard of like, oh, emo's hosting like people over? Like that does not happen. <laughs> I'm not that person. I would like to be that person, but I'm not that person yet. So I have to do that for this. I have to plan an event, 200 people. It'll be an outdoor event. You know, it's very exciting. But it's just you know, when you're doing fundraising, like it's taking and not taking things personally. Like, cause I'll ask people, you know, cause I have to ask people for money. Uh, you just have to like get over that hump where you have to mm -hmm. ask people for money because you're asking people for money for something you believe in, which is great, but you get a lot of no's or you get a lot of silence. And so one thing I did that was really, I mean, and this is not a big deal. Like people, it, it's not a big deal at all. But when I did it, I was so embarrassed. I sent an email. I sent a few emails to uh, groups of people and like contacts that I had. And it was just like a personal email. I was like, hi friend. And like wrote an email but instead of bcc and everybody it's blind carbon copy for people <laughs> i cc'd everybody so i like cc'd this whole list of like people and like i know like people were like nobody cares but to me as, i like, didn't even notice as like a perfectionist it's just like i like cannot stand it like i'm just like oh no like when i was when i did editing of my college newspaper I had, the, I had people who would come up to me and be like, oh, there was a mistake in the newspaper. And I'd be like, this is the worst. Like if a, mis a, a miss <laughs> comma or mispunctuation or miscapitalization just like would just eat me up. So that like ate me up. But I at least laughed about it. So when I was younger, I used to like destroy myself over it. And now it's like, okay, I screwed up. But it's also kind of funny. And like also who cares? And that's what I realized is most of the time people don't care. But um, 
but yeah, that's the, that's the hard thing is like to not take those things personally and to not worry about that and be like, Hey, like, you know, people are in different financial situations. You don't know, like, it doesn't mean they don't care about you and don't support and love you. It's just like, you know, not everyone responds to emails either. So <laughs> it's just uh, one of those things. And like, you know, just asking for people for money in general is always a little uncomfortable for me, but it's like getting through that and realizing like, Hey, I'm asking for something that's really good. And then I believe in, and then I think you would support as well. Um, so that's just a little tricky. So it makes me a little anxious. And then like, I did have that car wreck that we talked about on the show earlier. Uh, that was in April and that sucked. Um, but I got a new car, which is very exciting. Love the new car. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yep. The but, new whip is mm-hmm. nice. But I get really anxious with it because, you know, especially at night, like after that accident happened, like I am like definitely on edge when driving and it's like really nerve wracking. I'm just like looking around very vigilant because I'm just like a car is going to come out of nowhere and hit me because that's what happened before. I just got T-boned and had no idea it was coming. And, uh, I mean, like when you don't, I mean, I don't know which is better if you see it before, like you see it and it's coming or if you don't see it, but like, regardless, both of them suck. I would think not seeing it is worse. Yeah. I think not seeing it is worse in the terrifying sense. I know it's better for your body cause you don't tense up. Yeah. So it's better for you to not see it, but the not seeing it part terrifies that whole idea terrifies me. Yeah. Ugh. So, like, when I was driving on Friday night and Saturday night, because, yeah, now we're going out, we're seeing people, we're all vaccinated, and, uh, I mean, that's fun and exciting, but, like, just the driving part gives me lots of anxiety. So, the driving part, and then currently raising money and planning for an event, that all makes me anxious. So, like, I'm happy for when that is over, or if that that car thing, I hope that doesn't continue, because that part sucks. Like, I just, like, I don't feel like driving at night sometimes, or I feel a little anxious about it and I don't like feeling like that when driving because I never felt like that before and now it's like a thing that I have to deal with so it's just you know for people with mental health issues it's just like one more thing (laughs) great now I have PTSD about a car accident too perfect this is just another thing I have to deal with (laughs) and I haven't been to therapy in a little while too I actually canceled an appointment um, because I've been so busy that I was like I don't have time for that and I know that's not what I should do because I should go to therapy every week, because that's generally what I do, and I've canceled them because I've been like, okay, I'm too busy, like, I need to focus on other things, but my brain is like, Emery, you know, you're playing with fire here, the more you cancel those appointments, you know you need to go to them, so I'm going to try to uh, schedule an appointment for this week and get back into the groove of that, so, but yeah, just feeling anxious overall, but like, hearing from a professional who like, understands these issues, it's just very in a lot of ways it's liberating Mm -hmm. because like you have that perspective that you haven't heard before and that maybe sometimes you're not seeing because you have your blinders on and you're only seeing like one thing and they're like well what about this emory i'm like oh you're right again (laughs) (laughs) how am i always wrong my my last therapist though was a few years ago and i actually stopped going to her because she was the sweetest thing ever and she was very good at validating my feelings but that's what she did and she always agreed with me and sometimes uh, I'm going to need a little bit of a, I mean, I understand the whole Socratic method, you know, you, people can come to the conclusions on their own if you just listen and you're there, but I just needed a little bit more, <laughs> you know what I mean? And she yeah. was just so nice and so sweet. And I was like, I'm not going to get any better here. <laughs> yeah. That validation, if it's too much, it's like, oh yeah, I stabbed somebody in their head. They're like, oh, well they probably deserved they probably it. probably <laughs> deserved every bit of it. You're like, wait, you're my therapist. I had one. My first one in Louisville when I was an adult, I was probably like 23 or 24, the first meeting I had with him, he cried. 
Like I didn't, I didn't cry. He cried. Like we started talking about dads, and he got really emotional and started crying. And I was like, "Wait a second, I'm the one getting therapy here." <laughs> like it feels like we just reversed roles. It's like he took that empathy to the next level. He's like, I, see, see I would love to see a therapist cry. I feel like I, I would like somebody who does a little more self-disclosure. Mm-hmm. Like I'd like somebody who is comfortable with that because that, that makes me feel more comfortable. I feel like when somebody doesn't tell me anything about their life, I kind of have it makes that power dynamic a little more pronounced mm-hmm. that you're this clinician up on a hill, like looking down on me and you have all your stuff figured out and I'm just the screwed up person right. on your couch kind of thing. Almost keeps you in your head a little bit like you're thinking more about is what I'm saying appropriate or OK. Do you not relate to this at all kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And. <laughs> I actually need more affirmation. Like I I need right now I'm just in a phase where my confidence is really low and I actually need a lot of affirmation. And my last therapist wasn't really great with that. Mm -hmm. I think she was very much more focused on like goal oriented change and focusing on changes so much was really stressful for me because I'm Mm -hmm. like, I feel like crap right now. (laughs) I don't feel like I can make a lot of changes in my life. Like I just, I just want to feel better and I want to be able to talk to someone who makes me feel a little bit better once a week. Yeah. And it was kind of making me feel worse whenever I talked to her. So you need a combination of my first therapist when I was in my early 20s and Andrew's therapist. Mm-hmm. So lots of affirmations and them crying. <laughs> yeah. Affirmations through tears. Yeah, I exactly. Would, I would actually like to see that. They're just bawling <laughs> and just saying, you're so beautiful, Lizzie. Yeah, that's what I would like. I love that. I bet there's a service we could find for that. I bet we could provide that service. (laughs) We probably could. (laughs) We could do that for people, guys. I want to think about this. Put that on the books. Empathetic affirmations. Yep. Something like that. (laughs) So, Andrew, Hmm. how are you for real? How am I for real? Okay, so the funny thing about that question, it's such a weird question for me because one of my biggest issues... And I'll, I'll start like from the physical side and then explain what I mean, because it's, it's, it mirrors itself. I have a bit of a small, very small sensory issue where I, sometimes I won't realize, like when I was used to run, I once, when I was running, ripped a toe nail off and had no idea. And I finished my run, got back to the house, and my sock was full of blood. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> that, if any good thing could express me, <laughs> that is... That in the form of a very like uh, emotional place, I'll just go on autopilot, and that's why I love this job. That the good and bad thing about this job is it helps me do autopilot. You know, I get fly there. I know we've got to be here, here, and here. Do this, this, and this, and then fly back. And then it I do really well with schedule. The moment that I have any time off whatsoever, for some reason, like I, I don't think I'll ever be someone who retires. Like I'll, I just need to be doing something because I, I'm when I, now to 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 counteract to to be clear, I'm not someone who has to be tinkering and like fixing things. Like my dad, Lord love him, if he's not fixing a fence or or, or a light or stairs or something, he's not happy. Now that's not me. I can sit and do Netflix for about six and a half weeks <laughs> in, in the same pajamas, just so we're clear. But that's the thing is, I'll go into that place. 
and then I won't think about how I'm feeling and I won't and all of a sudden you know I'll come to like six days later with an Oreo stuck to my cheek and I'm like <laughs> where am I what am I doing you know so how do how am I really doing is it is always been a very difficult question for me but um I I went through a lot of weird stages in the last couple of years because of COVID and, you know, working from home was a weird thing for me. I started to like it actually, but then I got in such a, um, in such a rut or in such a comfortable place, you know, it's not, I just really miss being able to do conference calls with no pants on. Like who needs, who needs it, that? You know? It was, it's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. Who or just that? like party on the bottom, <laughs> like business on top, business just on like top. sweatpants on the bottom. It's like the clothing mullet. Yes. I, yeah. I feel that. And, um, getting back into travel was a good thing for me, but it was, I just realized like everything from, it'd been so long. I was like, do I even have dress pants that I <laughs> like, I had to go buy all these clothes just to be out, you know, to go to work. And um, it's been a good change. It's been a good thing. But so one thing about me is growing up, I had, dealt with depression and a lot of self-worth kind of situations and issues. But I never really was one to deal with a lot of anxiety. So and and I don't know, I just, it just wasn't something that maybe maybe I did and I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it, like the whole foot thing. Um, but this last year, the anxiety has been coming up. Like I've I've thought about um, something like a benzo or something. I'm like maybe I need to to get on something. And a lot of that for me now. This doesn't. I know this doesn't work for everyone. For me, I am a 100% different person when I have a routine where I do some kind of exercise. Like I mean, I know some people that's not the case. It doesn't matter, you know. But that does affect me. And with COVID, I just stopped. Like, I, I just, I and mean, I could tell it. So I think a little bit of my anxiety is because of that. Mm. But then I also think it's just life, you know, getting older. 39, I'll be 40 in January, and that feels like tomorrow. And, and you know, the, the anxiety of that whole pressure of have I done enough? You know, did I do what I was supposed to? All the big thoughts and dreams of, you know, thinking when you were younger and all that kind of stuff. So all that, for some reason... My body and my brain decided this year was the time to think of all of it at once. <laughs> I didn't think about it my entire life, and then now it's all at once. But well, the exercise thing is really hard. Yeah. Like at the beginning of COVID, I went through a spurt where I was exercising more than I ever have because I was like, I'm at home more. <laughs> I can do these at home workouts. Like I'm going to be that person that's just really in shape. And then I got bored immediately with it. And started to hate it. Like, I was doing bar, and I started to hate bar. I thought it was, like, the worst thing in the world. Hey, what's bar? Because when I do bar, it usually has something to do with drinks. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's B-A-R-R-E. Okay. Like a ballet bar. Oh. So, the idea is it's a bunch of, like, small movements that, like, actually really, like, work all of your muscles down to the point of exhaustion. Oh, wow. Okay. Um. And some of it has, you can see the ballet inspiration in it, but I was doing that last summer and got really in shape for me, but I've like my whole life I've struggled with exercising. I have never been Same. good at that kind of self care. If it were my choice, I'd just be a brain in a jar and just not even have a body. <laughs> that, that would be perfect. Isn't there a cartoon character like that? I think, I'm not sure, but that sounds... That's, that's awesome. what I want. I hate having a body. I hate having to deal with all... Ugh. 
I just don't like it. I can't wait for you and to I come have... to parties and it's just like Seth is just carrying this jar with his brain <laughs> like, here's Lizzie. <laughs> no, but the most exercise I get is walking my dog once a day and that's yeah. it. I, I try to do yoga, but it ends up being once every like three weeks or something. I want to be that person who does the at-home yoga or is good at at-home workouts. I've, I've never been that person. I am good. When I'm at a hotel where, you know, I, I, if the, I always get a room that's a few doors down from the workout room, so I don't, I don't have any you know reason to say no. Mm-hmm. And if there's a treadmill, I can listen to music and walk or maybe run a little bit. But I don't do well with the at-home workouts because yeah. <laughs> I'll get, like, my gear on, which is my sweats. <laughs> um, and then I'll, I'll be ready. Like, I'll have my water here, put the mat out, get the whatever I'm watching on. And then I'll just sit there I'm like, well, maybe I should meditate for a second. <laughs> and I start meditating and I was I'm like maybe I should do the corpse pose where I lay down <laughs> so I lay down I was like this is good for my mind this is what I need and then like 30 minutes later I'm asleep and I don't know why I did that <laughs> then I'm like well I'm just gonna watch Netflix <laughs> like does this count as working out <laughs> yeah like if I watch a documentary that's workout for my brain right so I'll get that today and then tomorrow oh I love God. it though you got there you got to the finish line you got dressed for so it I was there <laughs> I showed up. That you know counts they say, for something. You know how they say showing up's the hardest part? No, it's not. No, <laughs> Actually, it's not. doing it is the hardest part. <laughs> doing doing it is really the hardest doing part. Doing it is the hardest part because I can show up like a champ. And then I'm like, mm, and then, you know, watch Netflix. <laughs> I was really That's good about amazing. running at the start of covid and the quarantine uh, i still run but it's less and less than i was before but yeah i was just constantly going because i wanted to get out and do something but then now i'm just like yeah it's kind of hot yeah don't know if i want to do this <laughs> yeah so yeah at home workouts i can't do like brennan is really disciplined about doing that and i like admire him for that but me i'm just like yeah i'd, I'd rather just watch netflix yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i used to i mean it used to be a thing when I was younger, I definitely had some borderline like eating issues where I was really skinny and it had nothing. I never worked out. Yeah. Had nothing to do with workout. It was just me having an unhealthy relationship to food. And so I think that affected me a lot too, where I'm like, I just have never gotten the habit of working out to be in shape. And it's one of those things that's easy to hide about yourself Mm -hmm. because people don't talk about it a lot. Like, in movies and shows like you don't see people working out a lot you just assume they have these perfect bodies just by magic Mm -hmm. um and people don't really talk about working out that often because it kind of makes you sound douchey (laughs) so (laughs) so nobody talks about it so i feel like i can kind of slide by and be like i'm still normal (laughs) i don't work out but i'm normal I wish I learned it. About it. I wish I learned it as a kid to be with better with working out Same. because now as I got older and things start to slow down, mm-hmm. you're like, wow. Now I'm like panic mode, and I'm like, oh my god, I have to exercise. I have to do this. I have to eat this because like I'm scrambling. Like if I don't do it, well, I'm gonna fall apart completely. And like when I was a kid, like 17, 18, I literally just ate anything. And yeah. had so much energy and didn't really do a lot. Like I hate you right now, just so we're clear. <laughs> He's like, I would, just eat, I would eat everything, just be skinny. Oh my god! If I look at a Twinkie. Well, no, that was when I was like a kid, though. Like now, it's like okay, like I won't do that because I'll be like, well, that's a lot of calories, so can't do that. Like so, it just sucks. <laughs> Which I learned it when I was younger. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel you on that one because I wish I had picked up some. That's one thing. If I could go back to my like 10 year old self and be like, because I, I have always had an unhealthy relationship with food and also working out because 
on both sides of that spectrum. Like I remember being 10 years old and being on Weight Watchers and, and thinking I need to lose five pounds. I need to do Mm -hmm. this. I mean, always just, that's always been in my brain. That's so young for Weight Watchers, but it's so normal too. So many kids, like I had so many of my friends at the time were kind of doing the same thing. Not a lot, but uh, quite a few. And a lot of my friends growing up were girls too. So that it just, we we fit right in because they were, you know, girls are always really self-conscious about their bodies too. And I just was right there with them, you know, but even with working out, there were times like in like, like five, 10 years ago, I forget exactly. No, it was about 10 years ago. I remember I was working out to the point where I was abusing myself working out so much, Mm. you know, and I was just, it was actually, that was almost just as harmful as, you know, eating disorders because I've, I've dealt with that too. And then, it's one of those things where I, I, I want to have a better relationship with my body. I feel like I have hurt my body in so many different ways because I have been lucky enough to not have any major things. There are some people who have major things from a very young age, and they understand the, the fragility of our bodies. You know, And with me, I just even when I was trying to be healthy, somehow I was still not really helping, you know. It's like that difference between loving your body and wanting to do things for it and hating your body and wanting to punish it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And I've always been the latter. Yeah. It's uh, that's for this next part of my life. That's something I want to try to find is that balance where I'm loving, you know, this body that I'm in. And, And and I don't mean that in like a vain way. I mean that in like a how what am I doing to help myself be healthy? And our bodies do so much for us every day. Like, yeah, the fact that we don't have major health complications and that yeah. our bodies take us where we need to go every day. And that it's not, we just have this Hollywood version in our heads of what our bodies are supposed to look like. And it's just so toxic. Oh my gosh. I just, so I just listened to Demi Moore, her autobiography, and she actually, I'm not kidding, it was really good. But she talked about that. I always just thought her as being this, you know, amazing, able to take care of herself so easily. But then you hear her story and the way she would kill herself. I mean, she actually almost hurt one of her kids because she was dieting and exercising so much while she was pregnant. Oh. And she had such a bad relationship, like, like you know, like I'm talking about. And it's I, I, I like when Hollywood people speak up. And say things like that so that you don't just get this mental image of them being perfect. You know what I mean? Because that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. This whole, you know, like when you see, Lord love the Kardashians, I'm not trying to say anything bad about them. But when you see them get up there and just act like they just woke up like that. No, they woke up 18 hours ago and their whole team has been making them look that pretty. <laughs> and then yeah. they get on then they get online and an 11-year-old sees it and they're like, oh. And they have personal chefs preparing healthy but also delicious food for them, yes. which I can barely feed myself anything yeah. when I'm depressed and anxious, which has been lately. And I'm lucky to just get any food into me. And then I don't, at that point, I don't care what it looks like. It's just got to be food. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be edible. Or <laughs> it's, it's a, is it edible? Or it's yeah. a, a vicious circle, too, because then if you're in that place, you, you don't want to cook. So then maybe you'll order food and then you end up spending too much money, which makes you also anxious. Yeah. And it's like, wait. I spent $50 on two biscuits this morning for Postmates. Okay, I'm going to I wanted some information <laughs> I wanted some biscuit belly really bad. So I ordered it on Postmates from like the St. Matthews one because for some reason the one downtown doesn't open until one weird why was your biscuit place um 
but <laughs> yeah like, with taxes and with tip and everything it was like 50 dollars for two biscuits does it also open up into a small one-bedroom apartment because <laughs> it needs to <laughs> it was delicious oh no um, i've done that before especially the worst is sushi but it was yeah it's not the first time i've done that for a brunch though i'm like I don't want to cook and I just want something really delicious and fatty because it's Sunday morning mm-hmm. and just went for it. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Jeremy this morning had this extra taco and he's like, do you want this? And you would have thought he'd asked me if I wanted a gold bar. I was like, <laughs> yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you for this taco. A thousand was, times, yes. It was so good. <laughs> All right. Well, I just realized our time. We should probably take a break. Um but we will be right back. Two Nights in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nights in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts and a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 1065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media, promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. All right, we are back. Uh, as always, we missed you guys. It was sad without you, but mm. we're here. We made it. Um, oh, and now we're going to hear some from Andrew. This is the segment where we like to hear from our guests just about, like, how sad are you and why? <laughs> well, why are you so miserable? <laughs> well, I've been hungry for a decade. Um, so that's going to that's gonna generate a lot of feelings right there. Just put it out there. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, um... You know, it's it's been an interesting journey. <laughs> this journey of Andrew. I hate myself for saying that. Um, we say journey all the time on this show. Yeah, I'm this not. I don't even care. <laughs> Journeys are intro and outro music yeah. too. <laughs> Is it really? Just a small town girl. <laughs> it needs to be. Oh my god, living in a lonely world. Um, no, I. So for me, um, it's been interesting because, like, and I, th- I feel like my story is so tired. <laughs> It's so, so tired and so heard. I'm very happy now that there are, um, the youth of today can can come out and just be themselves. Many, and not always, there's still people dealing with that. But that was one of my biggest um, obstacles, I guess, growing up. Because I grew up in a very, very loving, wonderful family, but very, very religious family. And it wasn't it wasn't something that was okay. And I remember, well, actually, I remember uh, when I was like nine years old, and I I remember uh, Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone. And I didn't have like, it wasn't like a, I didn't know what it was. I just couldn't stop thinking about him. I thought he was the best thing that's ever happened. I realized that now it was my first crush. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, I just like this guy. What's so cool about him? I just kept all the time. And my mom was like, probably means that you're supposed to pray for him. So we prayed for him. <laughs> love it. I love that. That was fun. No, but even, you know, and even being 15, turning 16, and then finally, finally saying something to my mother, and her being wonderful and loving, but her response is, you know, let's, 
let's you know work through it, pray through it. There was a lot of praying mm-hmm. about it, fasting, you know, all that jazz, and you know there was the church camps and the all that stuff, you know, and it was something that I just held to myself, and it's it's very and like I said, it's a, it feels like a tired story because so many people can say that they went through something like this. But that feeling of the people that you love the most that are so loving, knowing because you sit in the sermons and you you hear, um, you know, the the badness, for lack of better words, of what it is you're feeling. So then you are bad. And then you, so that's another form of punishment to yourself. You know, you punish yourself spiritually. And there was a lot of that until I remember finally just being 24 and I was actually at a 4th of July party at one of my family's parties. I won't mention any names. But I remember one of the members there saw that I have a lot of nieces and nephews who are close to my age. And most all of them who were close to my age had their boyfriend or girlfriend with them. And a family member <laughs> just happened to be like, Where, where's your girlfriend? What's, what's going on with you? Why don't you have someone here? What's and I just remember being so fed up that I just got up and said, okay, it's a good point. Where is my person? And that was the very first day I went to a gay bar. <laughs> like I Aww. literally got in my car and drove to the connection. <laughs> and because of that, that comment just like, kind of sent me over the edge. And I remember, and that was actually the first time I kissed a guy too. Uh, wow. at, at the connection that day at the, after the 4th of July party. And it was just one of those things. And But the thing for me though, that because there's such a, um, I have a love for God. I have, I believe in something greater than ourselves and being able to try to find um, the balance there because, uh, because after that, then I was the bad, you know, the bad that that had been preached about and talked about. So in my brain, it was like, well, now if I'm bad, I might as well just go ahead and be good at being bad. And I mean, I went all the way on the other side of that because I had never up until 24 even gotten intoxicated or anything I was just <clears throat> I was one of those I was just really trying to be right for the Lord for so long that finally when I did finally just go you know come out and say this is it then it just went super crazy I remember there was a lot of dark places and I, I don't mind sharing this now I remember one time just going out um, and literally any pill any thing someone offered to me that night I just said yes and I just took everything because I was like if I don't have to wake up then you know that's it so wow. I don't have to deal with that's then I don't have to deal with this anymore and it was just it's still something that's hard to come to grasp to to grasp with because I love my family and my family is so very loving my mom is one of my best friends <laughs> we, we talk all the time <laughs> whoever taught her how to phone <laughs> <laughs> get together <laughs> group text messages everything all over no but I love my family but it's just something that's not really something that can that's able to be reconciled because I don't want to ask them to be different you know, I don't want them to ask me to be different but I don't want to ask them to be different either you know I don't want to say stop being you so it's been a very interesting um, very interesting journey which that also led to and I, I think I think you and I Lizzie have talked about this a little bit but you know, because I, for so long, that when I was in my early 20s and mid to late 20s, I had gained a lot of weight because I was literally eating my feelings. Um, 
And I remember when I finally did come out, and I moved to New Orleans, and I was like, I'm just going to go all out. Well, then I was like, well, I, I need to be, you know, I can't be, no, it was over 300 pounds. And I remember I was like, I can't be like this. So then that led towards a late, <laughs> late in life eating disorder <laughs> that I lost over 100 pounds in less than a year. Oh, wow. And it, and it wasn't just one of the disorders. I just, I was trying them all. I was like, I was like, let's get it, you know, hmm. and that's and that was started a lot of me abusing my body, that I still have to work with, I still have to get through that, but um, but it's a journey and it's something that I've been able to come to a good place with myself, and I have to remind myself with the people that I love that are different, that I can't ask them to be someone else, and I have to try to understand and love where they're where they are. But then I'm also need to give that love to me, you know. I, I need to be okay with that. So that's been my mental health journey. Really, has been all. And, it, and like I said, uh, it feels like a tired story because it, it's every gay movie that's ever been written. There's it's every you know because for so long that was a very common story, and uh, I'm I I see that light at the end of the tunnel for the youth of today, and for even people who are older being able to come out and be themselves. And I, it's something that um, that's really big in my, for my on my heart for people. If you know, if everyone anyone ever needs to talk or or anything, I'm like I'm there because I get it. You know, but it's it's been a journey. It's that's a journey. so. I mean, it's so painful just to not be recognized by your family. Like, yeah. did you have to just get to a point where you were okay with that? That it was just hey. This is a this is a thing we don't talk about. It's like family yeah. who have like some Trump supporters and some not. Right. It's like <laughs> it's like we won't talk about this topic. We yeah. love each other deeply, but this is something we just won't ever talk about. Well, and I actually and I have been very blessed to have a good bit of my family like like I have nine nieces and nephews, four great nieces and nephews. I have my my and I don't want to call anyone out specifically so I won't, but there's a good portion of my family who is 100% loving, accepting, and then the other side is just loving. Mm. You know, they're, you know, so I have to, but I have been, I, I know people who were, like, literally kicked out. I remember, I remember one time getting a bunch of things together for someone who's, who's, who was kicked out of their house and was living with a friend. We're talking, like, four years ago. Like, I, it happens all the time. People, and for not, the thing that always gets me is when people feel that way and it's not for a religious reason. Like I've seen families like disown their family and they don't believe it's sinful. They just don't like and I'm the, that part. I, I don't, it's hard for me to wrap my brain around that. Yeah. Cause it happens though. It happens. But mm. I think the hardest thing for me though, and that, and if anyone's listening and you have someone who's younger, who is going through this, the biggest thing that you have to remember is if there's a religious side of that, that even with someone who's loving, they're being taught and told to dislike themselves, they're being taught and told from from the youngest age possible that that they are already wrong, and that there's there's no fixing it because it's there, and you know, and then if you don't, and if, I remember the not fixing it, not becoming straight, then you didn't do something right, so you're always upset at yourself, mm. and it's like a constant um, constant form of self punishment, you know, because you you can't get right. And it's, and it's it's something that takes a lot of maturity and getting older to almost be okay with. 
and these kids today who are going through that still, sometimes I see in the churches just families not getting it, not getting that what you're saying is affecting the, how this person sees themselves. This is going to start the eating disorder. This is going to start the abusing um, substances. This is going to start that, mm-hmm. um, whatever it is. And it doesn't just have to be someone who's coming out or someone who's gay. I mean, it can be anything, but kids learn that from such a, a young age how to see themselves. And if, if you start off with saying you're wrong, then where do you go from there, you know? Mm. But. So you saw yourself as wrong then. Mm-hmm. How do you see yourself now? Um, fabulous. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I, see, I see myself as um, being, trying to be authentic and, and trying to be okay with that. I remember I came to the conclusion one day in my mid-20s I was like, so there's only the real three real, real options. <clears throat> Either God's not real and it doesn't matter. So who cares? God is real and he don't give a whatever. And if he doesn't care about me and he made me to be wrong just to punish me, then why am I going to think about caring? Or the third option, which is God is love and he loves me and he made me this way. And... I'm going to love myself because God loves me. So I just chose the third option, Hmm. you know, because the whole God's not real. Everyone has their own beliefs. You know, I kind of think we're in a simulation. (laughs) Just to be honest. (laughs) You got to take care of our avatars. It's a whole other talk. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole other talk. No, but, um, but you know, the whole God's not real. I know people believe that. And the whole God is real and he doesn't care. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because I like to feel like there's purpose behind what we're doing in some way or another. Of course, that that right there is a whole other story of, you know, self-purpose and thinking too highly of ourselves. May, do we have to have a reason for everything? Who knows? But no, I just think God's love, and, and that's, where I'm, that's where I'm getting at in, in my, later on in my life, trying to just be there and, and love myself and not judge myself for the basic things. I, we judge ourselves for the silliest things already. <laughs> Let's not add our core, <laughs> like yeah. our depth or who we are. Yeah. Let's stop judging that, you know. Mm. So for a kid that's maybe in a similar situation to you, like has a religious family, part of the family is loving, accepting, part of the family is just loving, you know, what advice do you give to them? So in that situation, the first thing I would say is to know that you're okay and that there's nothing wrong with you and that don't let that go and take you to a bad place that actually becomes a problem. Don't let it turn you into someone that you don't want to be. And also, there are there are the LGBTQ youth organizations that you can Google and look up online. Um, there are different types of things that you can. Um, there, yeah, the youth centers. I know there's one here in Louisville. Um, there's an LGBTQ youth center here in Louisville, where you can actually build a community with people who love you and understand you and accept you. Um, that's a great place to start because places like that will have everything from friends to material that you could use and read to really understand the situation you're in and to also understand that God doesn't hate you. You know, it's, but it's something that it takes a while to get there. No. Hmm. Well, I think we're about at that time in the episode for gratitudes. So mm. this is where we share just like, one or two things that we're just feeling grateful for right now, things that are giving us life, making this 
depression, COVID worlds a little bit better. Just what's making you feel grateful? And I'll start with you, Emo. Uh, I would say yesterday I spent a lot. Of, well, I saw friends at, the, at night. Uh, but during the day I saw family. And I guess just like, you know, I went and hung out with my dad. And we like just walked around in the yard and talked about yard stuff for so long. And I was <laughs> like, you know, I wasn't like checking my phone or like waiting for this to end or like moving on to the next thing. I was just very in the moment. Because so I was like, this is really nice. Like I realized that like. I didn't have that very much during the past year. Of course, I like, didn't see them really. And I was, I've always been very close to my parents. And it was just like, okay, this is nice. And then even, you know, we were surprising a friend for her birthday. And I unfortunately was late for the surprise. I was able to go meet everyone, but I was late for the surprise mm-hmm. because I was with family. And I basically chose in that moment, like, to spend more time with family because I realized, like, how little amount of time I had spent with them the whole year. Because I was... I went and hung out with my dad, and then I went to hang out with my mom and um, nieces and nephew, and uh, just to see them, and like, you know, we got like food and ate spaghetti, and it was like, this is nice, this is nice to be with them, so it was just Mm a very calming, pleasant feeling, and I was like, I needed this, and I hated being late to something like that, but I was also like, you know what, I chose chose the people in my life that are the most important to me, Mm -hmm. and that will always be there for me, and they're like, you know, I haven't seen much of it, I mean... My niece, Lily, who's four years old, was like, why weren't you at my birthday party? I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's just like the reality of the brutal reality of the past year. You missed a lot of those moments with the kids. And, you know, and I'm so glad to be able to have them back. And e- even if it's in small doses. So that's just something I'd be the most grateful for is just spending time with family. Nice. Um, I'll go next. Mm-hmm. So I actually... I have a gratitude related to family as well. I had family visit last weekend. So everybody from Virginia, um, my dad and my stepmom couldn't make it, but my sister and her baby boy, who is, how old is he now? Nine months, I think. Um, And then my little sister has a baby who's three months old. Uh, She lives here in Louisville. And my brother and his fiance came from New York. So it was just a nice, like, everybody coming to, like, meet my younger sister's baby and just spend a weekend together. And it was just so nice. It was, I mean, I always, it's hard because with family time, sometimes it's overwhelming for me as an introvert because it's like, oh, my gosh, like, I have three days to spend as much time with people as possible and to try to extract as much bonding out of that as I can. And sometimes I get a little emotional afterwards because I'm like, did I do that right? Like, did I get enough time with everybody? Like, Mm -hmm. sometimes it kind of leaves me in a weird place. But once I get through that weepy stage, I I get to a place of like, no, I'm just really grateful that I got that time with them because we all live in different places. And it's just nice to be able to come together and we'll have the opportunity to do it more this summer because my brother gets married this summer. So we'll have the bachelor bachelorette party, uh, <laughs> which is going to be wild. It's going to be me with a bunch of 20 somethings and I'm going to try to hold my own. There you go. <laughs> I think I can do it. You got this. You got this. Um, and then their wedding in Boston. So yeah, it should be fun, but it's always good to see family. It, it just mm-hmm. makes you feel really connected. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Andrew? 
Well, first thing I want to say is I love that you all do this because if I had one word that I would, you know, could define my life, it would be gratitude. And I, I it's my screensavers on all of my everything. <laughs> I just feel like it's so important to put that your brain in that place. Um, I'm really grateful right now. It's also a similar similar theme. My my parents are much. They're older. They're they're not far from eighty. They're almost eighty. Um, and back in 2012, you know, we almost lost my dad from a heart issue. They were even talking like hospice and everything. It was, it was a scary thing. And I have been grateful every day since then that I didn't lose him then, and that I have my mom and my dad. And I, I like I said, I talk to them almost more than I talk to my friends when I'm gone. I talk to my mom almost every day, and I know that, that won't always be there, especially when your parents are older. You know, uh, they were my age when they had me. So I know they won't always be there, so I'm really grateful for every day that I do have them and that they're in my life. I'm really grateful, grateful for that, grateful for family. I want to I start prioritizing family more because I am very grateful. And sometimes, like you said, you worry, did I get enough time with this person, this person? And I know some people don't realize how much I care about them, and I, I want to start showing that better, which is a whole other, it's a whole other topic. But mm. yeah, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my parents. Really am, and friends. I'm grateful for my roommates. Shout out to Mitchell, Jeremy. There's like 74 of us. We all live in one one bedroom. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. No, but I like having. I like living with people because even when you are going through a really bad day, you know, you even if you're in your sweats or whatever, Netflixing, uh, you know, you see someone you care about, someone you love there. So it's always nice. So I'm grateful for that. Nice. Awesome. What a family-oriented end yeah. of the show. You know? like We're that. just all about the family. <laughs> I, I do. I like that, guy. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been lovely. Thank you, really. I've really enjoyed this. Yes. I have. All right, guys. Keep talking about your feelings. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on Forward Radio. Please keep in mind that we are not mental health professionals, and all of our opinions are based on our personal experiences. If you'd like to speak to a trained professional, call National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis line is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas.